There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. More competition for more. Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Can you get me a fizzy orange? I'm just getting to yoga. Yeah, bitch! I remember one morning we were having breakfast and we finished our breakfast and my dad just looked up at me at the kitchen table and he was like, you want to go down in the hole? Hello and welcome to episode four of Box. Emma, can you believe we're in four episodes already? I know, it's it's mad. I can't, the time is just flying. But I think at the moment mm. time has just lost all concept anyway. It's like that period between Christmas and New Year's, isn't it? I know, it? but it's gone on for a year. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm Jen Hatton and my co-host beside me today, as usual, is the wonderful Emma Doran. How are things for you this week, Emma? Things are grand. I feel like that's my answer when anyone asks me how I am at the moment. Like, just grand, because it could just cover anything. You know what I mean? But no, grand. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We have a huge amount, actually, to get through this week. And there's a great episode, isn't there? This one's really good. Yeah, there is. So we have one of Ireland's most loved comedians, Mr. Des Bishop, who's coming on to tell us about why the wire means so much to him. And this week on Teletalks, um, this was a really good one to ask the listeners. Tell us what's their favourite TV show on telly at the moment. So there was shows that I knew, but there was new shows that I hadn't even heard of as well. Yeah, same with me. Now, there was a few that I w- wouldn't have even thought of, but then when they came up on the question box, I was like, oh, yeah, it's actually a good one. And then finally, we take a trip to Paris to look at Netflix's massive blockbuster series, which has outlasted the likes of The Queen's Gambit and Bridgerton in view and figures. Which I can't believe. <laughs> I... Like, I don't, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it later on. I'm, I'm looking forward to this Yeah, one. no, so I. Did somebody say, just ease? I was chatting to Shane during the week and we were reminiscing, you know, because we don't actually have any new stuff to talk about, let's be fair. Yeah. <laughs> but you remember yeah. when you were younger and you get like a takeaway as, like a treat yeah the excitement of it it i mean just eat wasn't around back then was it like it was once a month if you were lucky oh if you were lucky if you were lucky and there was no options it was either like burger and chips or chinese and you thought you were kind of fancy with your chinese yeah, it was real exotic. Yeah, wasn't it? but you were getting chicken balls and a three and one. Yeah. Then <laughs> now I'm yeah. I'm actually having Chinese. Like, you know, like this is what Chinese food is. But it was such a big deal. But it was the same thing all the time. Oh. Same thing all the time. Like that, it was the excitement of it because it just it wasn't your ma's food. Oh yeah. It wasn't just the house food. The food in the house, in the cupboards, you know. It was like it was from somewhere else and the odd time it would happen spontaneously when you'd see your mom and be getting kind of late and like your mom had just lost the will and you'd mm. just make the little suggestion. The one, like one one time you'd catch her at a weak bow, which would be like, Can we can we get Chinese tonight? And then the time when she'd actually yeah. say, Yeah, do you know what we will? You'd just be like, Oh my god, it's 
happening? I know. Yeah, she couldn't believe it. I know. It was like a genie in a lamp. Your wish was just after coming through. But now, obviously, that we have so much choice, now when I'm on the Just Eat app, I like to do a little bit of exploring and I branch out all the time because there's so much choice. And obviously, we're not back in medieval times. <laughs> so in the past few months, I've really gone... I've really gone ham with it. Like, I tried my first vegan takeaway. I got coffee delivered. Donuts straight to the house. That kind of, like yes. you said the other week, getting McDonald's for a cheeky breakfast. Like, it's a different world these days. If you want to broaden your horizons, get started. Because you're not going to do it with travel. So you might as well do it with food. Yeah, exactly. Explore the world through your food. So whether it's an all-time classic like a smoke cotton chips. Or you feel like broadening horizons tonight and ordering yourself some ramen or sushi. Download the Just Eat app and choose from hundreds of your favourite local takeaways delivered straight to your door. Did somebody say just eat? Now we're delighted to be joined by one of Ireland's favourite comedians to chat through his favourite TV programme of all time. Now Des is no stranger from the telly himself with his shows such as Joy in the Hood and Des Bishop's work experience. So we're looking forward to his deep dive on what makes The Wire so special. Des, what is The Wire all about? The Wire is, is like an epic tale of urban decay and it follows the journeys and the challenges and the the heartache of the police force, the drug dealers themselves, and the politicians and the other people that are involved in the infrastructure of trying to keep Baltimore moving. And it very much lives in the gray area of what's legal, what's illegal, and then what happens in the shadows. And it's, it's, it's fascinating. There's uh, power struggles. There's uh, corruption. Uh, and it's, it really is like the most interesting look at how society can break down in a, in a city. And you said that you had personal reasons why it was your favorite show. Can well, you elaborate? A hundred percent. Yeah. So when my dad was diagnosed with cancer 2009 you know i ended up spending a lot more time in new york to help out with looking after my dad and i guess it was around christmas 2009 i think i bought the box set of the wire this is still box set days uh christmas 2009 i think i bought the box set of the wire i think just as like a family gift like something to dig into over the holidays and we all watched the wire together, including, you know, while my dad was getting chemo. So that was like our escape. We would escape into the wire. And I even wrote about this in my book, but uh, about my dad, that like it became such a habit. We'd wake up in the morning, we'd have our breakfast, we'd have our coffee. And if you watch the wire, you know that the intro song, it's five different versions of um, I actually can't remember the name of the song, but the the main chorus is uh, we put that devil way down in the hole, right? So that's like putting the devil way down in the hole is like the chorus that you hear every time you watch an episode of The Wire. With box sets, it used to not say skip intro like it does on Netflix mm. now. So you would always watch the intro uh, or because if you fast forward the intro back in the day, you'd always mess up. You'd go too far forward and then you'd have to go back. It was like a nuisance, you know? So uh, anyway, I remember one morning we were having breakfast and we finished our breakfast and my dad just looked up at me at the kitchen table and he was like, you want to go down in the hole? Which was like a you know, code word for let's watch an episode of The Wire. So yeah, so The Wire uh, kind of got us through those early days of chemo and the stress of knowing that my 
my dad was going to die. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's positive story. I mean, of course, it was sad that my dad was sick, but it was nice that we could all just bond over that. And I mean, we were like my mother, my father and I were absolutely like addicted to the wire. We couldn't get enough. Now, let me point out a couple of other things about the wire that are really important. Uh, The wire is what broke Idris Elba. So we, the world wouldn't know about Idris Elba if it wasn't for The Wire. I, I all of a sudden want to watch The Wire now. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's Stringer Bell. He's a fascinating character. He's a character that uh, he's, a, he's a drug dealer, but he has aspirations to take drug dealing into the sort of into the corporate space. You know, he likes to think like a businessman. And there is a there is a clash when the street and his corporate desires meet and you find out which side of the uh, of the drug dealing business wins. That's one of the great struggles that happens, particularly season one, season two, season three. And uh, honestly, those seasons of following the journey of Stringer Bell and his associates, it's pretty fascinating. And then how that, I don't want to give away too much, but how that breaks down and moves into the, the next group is fascinating itself. Plus in season four, well, actually season three is so good because it actually looks into the concept of legalization of drugs or certainly decriminalization of drugs, but it does it in a really interesting way. That There's an episode within that season called Hamsterdam, but uh, it's all about they kind of create this kind of decriminalized space for addicts to use drugs. And, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to look at it in, uh, you know, in a narrative of would this be better or worse in society. And then season four is amazing because it actually looks at the kids. It looks at the kids within the system uh, of education and also in, uh, you know, like institutionalized homes, foster care, and just how difficult it is for all them to navigate this. Who gets hurt? Who doesn't make it? Who becomes, you know, the next generation of of killers and villains? You know, it's, 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 it's all there. It's, you don't, you know, you see how complicated all this stuff is. Come here, is Aidan Gillen in it as well? Yeah, so that it was a big breakout for Aiden Gillen too. He plays Mayor Carcetti, plays an American mayor, the mayor of Baltimore. He, he, I think he starts in season three, but certainly from season three through to season five, you really begin to look at the corruption of politics, the the you know the illusion of of progress that politicians like to put across, and just the compromise slash corruption that takes place, and really. It's not always critical of corruption. It kind of looks at how corruption sometimes might be part of the process. You know, it, it doesn't really make a lot of judgments. It leaves the judgments up to you, which is what makes it so good. Plus, if you ever hear anybody, you probably don't hear it as much now, but back in the day, you probably heard a lot of people say, she, like really long like that. But that, that came from uh, Mayor Clay Davis, who uh, is, a, is a politician in The Wire. And uh, it's a character that he he may or may not be uh, dealing with the drug dealers as well as the police. Oh, interesting. Also, it was McNulty is the main police character, but that is, uh, oh God, why is his name got out of my head? You know, the guy from The Affair. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had some, uh, what would you call extra it? Extramarital controversies yes. recently. Yes, um, why yes. is his name got out of my head? It's very annoying. He, he has Irish connections. You know, he went to Trinity. But uh, anyway, he's, yes, he's and he Dominic West. Dom, stuff, Dominic West, he? right? Yes, Dominic that's West. him. Yes. He's uh, great in this. McNulty, he plays a kind of a, he plays a sort of a loose, sort of slightly dysfunctional cop 
who uh, you can't help but sort of love and hate in equal measure, but he tries to navigate his way through dealing with these drug dealers. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating because you're, you're on the side of the drug dealers and the cops and Carcetti, you know, like you're, you're sort of rooting for uh, Aiden Gillen's character. You know, th- th- there's so much to root for in this. It's, it's really amazing. It's a common trend with serious, like, seasons like that, isn't it? Where the bad guy is actually the one that you're rooting for and you know you shouldn't because in real life they're scumbags. Yeah, yeah, like Breaking Bad is a, a, another great Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're totally rooting for Stringer Bell for, for a lot of it, the, the, the Idris Elba character, you know, and you're rooting for a lot of these lower-level drug dealers in this show. I mean, you, come, you, really, learn, you really grow to, to love a lot of them, to be honest, you know? And yeah. it even, you know, it, it deals with the complications of drug shipments and who needs to get paid off for the drugs. It's, it's very involved. Yeah, I wonder would I ever feel like that about a person of that world walking down the street? I don't think I would. <laughs> they have a way of doing it, don't they? Although I think, I think some people romanticize about characters like the monk and there, yes. is, there is that confusion around uh, money that, say, the monk... I mean, this is official stuff. This is not controversial, but money that the monk put into uh, disadvantaged areas and, and housing... To, you know how like housing that he literally put into Buckingham Street in the north side of Dublin I mean like real events mm. you know and th- this sense of so what if the monk was allegedly involved in these crimes he's one of us you know and there is yeah. there's a large there's a lot of that in the wire but then there's also so say within the the public housing areas of Baltimore where a lot of the wire takes place there is the the rooting for the for the so-called criminals but then within the criminal world there is the people that shaft each other and the alliances that break up because of of people's greed so you know nothing is straightforward in the wire it sounds so full on because i have to admit a couple of times shane kind of sat me down to like introduce me to the wire and you know sometimes when that happens in a couple they kind of sit beside you and they're like i'm gonna show you my show and you're gonna (laughs) love it and they're like the pressure to enjoy it you're like uh but is it the kind of show for you that you can watch time and time again? Or do you have to be in a certain headspace to delve into it? I mean, the most important thing about The Wire, which a lot of people joke about, is like annoying, is that you cannot sit down and watch episode one of The Wire and make a judgment on whether you want to stick with it or not. Because it really requires four episodes. I, you know, I, I just know that I didn't really... 100% feel hooked until four or five episodes in because these characters are complex and the storylines are long and they're complicated and they don't reel you in straight away because it's impossible. It doesn't rely on as many of the tricks of some of these seriously addictive shows that end up leaving you empty like The Undoing that just finished the other night. You know, The Wire really is like, uh, it's like a book, you know? It's, it's like a long novel. So it, it takes time for you to get to know the characters and care. Mm. So I would say that it's not a great show for your husband to sit down and say, watch this. I think it's a better show for you to sit down on your own and say, I'm going to give this a couple of nights. I'll watch an episode a night and see if it reels me in. I mean, one of the great lines from episode one of season one is they're talking about the war on drugs. And one of the cops turns to uh, whoever said that and says, it's not a war because wars end. Uh, and that is, that, is, that is the basic premise of this show is that like, we're going to pretend that we're fighting drugs, but this is a, a never ending battle. It really is the, the, the never ending battle of uh, poor versus rich and whose side are you on and how drugs are just a, a, 
fighting against drugs is just a weapon to keep poor people down. Mm. That's the wire. If me and Jen are going to watch this now, we have to basically go and watch it in secret. Don't tell anyone and watch the first five episodes. Well, I, 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 I beg you to give it five episodes before you decide you're not into it. And you have every right to decide you're not into it. That's good advice. Okay. You know, plus it's, it's, it's dated. You know, it could be dated now. I haven't watched it in a while. You know, like the shows have moved on a bit. So I, I hope it holds up. I think it does. You know, I know they study it in American universities now as like a text of urban decay. Okay. Well, it's better than on trail for the leaving certain Ireland, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd much prefer that, so. Thank you for your recommendation. I'm sure and other we'll, people are going to try to talk about it, but I'm the one that's talked about it. <laughs> yes. The first. We, we won't let them know. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks very much. Did a birth 15th of the 6th, 85. We asked you yesterday your date of birth. I give you the wrong date of birth. Are you sure? Hi. Definitely. What is I it? I got 15th of the 6th, 87 or something. I saw. No, you said 85. Mama, did you give me my passport? Nadine phones home looking for her mislaid passport. Because, Amanda, yesterday I was getting an interview done and I give the wrong date of birth. I, I give a date of birth, some, I give a wrong date of birth anyway. So I'm just looking for my passport. While the cameras were not rolling, Nadine finally broke down and confessed to Linda that her real date of birth is the 15th of June, 1985, making her 16. So this is Emma and I's favourite part of the podcast where we get to hear from you, the listener. As part of Teletalks, we ask for your opinions on some classic TV questions and this week we have a very practical one for you. Yeah, so myself and Jen are absolutely hoarsing through the television at the moment, probably seeing more than we ever have before. So we wanted to find out what is the best thing on TV right now because there's loads of choice. And people's, people said to us shows that we've already covered on the podcast. So I feel like feel like we're doing something right anyway with the podcast. It's a good sign. We're definitely on brand. Yeah. yeah. It's a Sin came up, which we covered last yeah, week. Yeah, and we co- Obviously, and again, Mass- apologies for calling them Colin. <laughs> yeah. And the Mass Singer <laughs> came up and we, we talked about that. Now, this one I know nothing about. Uh, this Is Us. Mm. Have you seen this? I've seen the four seasons, so I watched this live on TV when it was forced out. Oh, okay. Like every week, week to week. Um, and I know that since it's won loads of awards and, and stuff like that, but just with kind of life things going on, I stopped watching it live, but it's all on Amazon Prime now. And as the last time I looked, I'm pretty sure there's at least three seasons. Okay. So I'm looking forward to, yeah, to getting into it because I do remember everything. So basically the premise of it, Mandy Moore is in it and the other actors' names escape me, but you would definitely know them if you saw them. Like if you just looked up the cast, This Is Us, you would be like, oh my God, it's star-studded, like there's loads in it. But basically it's about Mandy Moore and our fella. And it's one of these shows that it'll start in the present day, but then it'll throw back to a situation that happened in their younger years. And yeah. like the screen kind of goes, you know, that's sepia, so you can really tell it apart. You know, the some shows can be quite confusing when they're throwing yeah. it back and you're like, what's going it's on? It's real here? popular at the moment so, as well. And a lot of programs yeah. I've noticed, like, let's, let's throw it back. Let's yeah, throw it, it back. is. And it's exactly, it's that kind of trying to be complicated but but this one is still really easy to follow so basically Mandy Moore and our fella Jack in the his character's name is Jack they get together and they end up getting pregnant on triplets hate that so it goes in to have the yeah <laughs> caught rotten yeah the uh, caught rotten <laughs> so, 
<laughs> oh. oh, Jesus, bless her, Jesus, and blesses and saves. So she goes in and she has her babies, and unfortunately, one of them doesn't make it. Okay. At the same time, somewhere else in the town where the hospital is that she's after having the babies, a woman is after abandoning, or it could be the father, I can't remember now, um, but a, a baby is abandoned at a fire station. Now, this baby is of colour, so somebody sees him, brings him into the hospital and hands him in. And, this, like, it wouldn't happen in real life, I don't think, but this is supposed to be back in the day and, you know, it's TV, so everything's really easy. But basically, the doctors and nurses say, here, do you want to take this baby? Right. So they're they're like, yeah. So they still go home with three babies, but it's only two that are biological and one that they're fostering, adopting, whatever the situation may be. But you kind of go through the years with them of growing up and then you come up against the kind of eye-opening things of, well, this little fella that they're after taking on is obviously of colour and he has different... He's a different way of growing up. People see him differently, you know, like, and there's a... I remember a particular scene where they're at a pool, like a, a swimming pool, and a woman of colour comes over and is like, how are you How are you raising him? Like, where are you bringing him to get his hair cut? Like, and, and she doesn't even know. She's asking the question. She's like, does he even need sunscreen? It's kind of... Okay. It's really eye-opening and you ask questions and it is... It's interesting to watch, but it's... It's one of those shows, like, it's full of drama. It's really nice to watch. It's one of those shows that your ma would love. Mm, ah, yeah, lovely. That kind of... You know the type yeah. where it's like, oh, this is on now. Oh, brilliant. They're going to turn on the kettle. But they always end on a cliffhanger. Like, it's just... It, the writing is brilliant in it, but it's really easy to follow. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, Mandy Moore has come a long way since her dodgy pop career, so fair play to her life. Uh, come here, look, she's still trying to bang out the tunes in this because she does in every <laughs> character that she plays. But in fairness, the show has won loads of awards. Okay. Like it's... All right. Yeah, win, winning them like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, but it's, it's just as much heartwarming as it is heartbreaking. But I would I definitely recommend it. Mm, okay. Well, lots of people said, which is now completely different, uh, Married at First Sight. And it was... Oh, okay. It was Married at First Sight, Australia in particular. And... I've had a couple of friends recommend it to me. Um, my mate Martha was selling the show to me like she was a producer on it, like she'd some like there was going to be some payoff for her for me watching the show. Well, listen, Martha has very good taste, so yeah, you see this. So she's like, no, it's fantastic. She said it's absolutely crazy. She said it's. I was like, is it? Oh, is it any old one? She's like, no, it has to be the Australian one. And okay. she said it's fantastic watch so I'm nearly tempted to get into it but you know the way if you're gonna get into a reality tv show with loads of episodes mm. you just there's a moment where when you make that decision you just sign over your life a little bit and you're kind of like this is what <laughs> this is who I am now yeah please don't disturb yeah. so I don't know if I'm ready for that level of commitment but it's very popular the late late show Listen, I'm going to admit now I don't watch much of it. I've heard that it's gone very um, different now in the pandemic. Well, I actually had been watching it and I'd say the last maybe month or so I haven't been watching it. So it was getting to the point, now this is just for me, this is just for me, but it was getting to the point where I felt like, are they cashing in the tears? I know last night they were trying to, they did the Jerusalem dance thing again yes because they were looking they were looking for a bit of that virality like you know yeah. the the way that it, it got so much 
hype during the week they were obviously just trying to steal some hype from oh, that totally. and it just didn't translate yeah and just <laughs> like that's that's a nice bit of filler for the show isn't it do you know what I mean that's gonna burn yeah. up a good bit of time yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, I don't know. It's not. I'm, I don't think I've reached this stage in life yet, and I don't mean to say that to offend anyone because I know plenty of people my age that do watch it. I just, I, do, I haven't, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a couple of years at you, so I go through phases of what watching yeah. it. You're going through the, you're going through the transition. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so I haven't, I haven't watched it for a few weeks, but I'll go back into it again and and watch it, and you know, then check out of it again. But look. If he asked me to get on, this episode has to, like, this episode must be burnt. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> everyone wants to be on yeah, lately yeah. and give their, <laughs> yeah. give their mom a little wave. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> on record, it's the best show on television. If we could just get the producer to do two versions of this episode, that would be great. Thank you. Yes. You can't say a word. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the biggest shock success stories in recent years has been Netflix's new French drama and action series Lupin which is a modern adaptation of the 20th century <laughs> novels following the life of con artist and thief Arsène Lupin. The show is on track to be watched more than 70 million times and Netflix gives viewers the option to watch it with subtitles or else the dubbed version. What did you end up going for, Emma? Well, um, thanks. I know my French was amazing there. I <laughs> ended up... I Mine just went to dubbed. I must have picked dubbed before when I was watching something Yeah, it's out of mine. So I didn't actually have the the option of uh, picking subtitles. So I suppose like, at the start it was quite strange because the dub was mm. all uh, kind of monotone American accents yeah. I caught myself getting a bit freaked sometimes when the dub looked like what they were saying with their lips yes oh, that happened to me as well a few times that happened I was like are they talking English what's the point in the yeah well I, the I, dub I suppose are... there must be words in French that are like you know similar very, or like very similar, the same yeah. to the word in English to be honest actually if I was watching it again I think I would actually pick the subtitles 
because I think nearly the the dubbed version is possibly more distracting. Because, you know, with subtitles, like once you kind of get into it, you forget that there are subtitles. Yeah. And you see, I was thinking about this myself and then it was like, I thought it was a little bit silly at times. So I probably would have, if I was reading subtitles, I probably would have taken away from, <laughs> I probably would have missed a few bits. Like, Oh, like, yeah, <clears throat> that is a very fair point. A bit, a bit silly, like, uh, like off the wall ridiculous is what. I mean, I was just like, yeah. what is going on now? I don't think I would have been able to have figured it out. Like, I, I don't think I would have been any worse off if I actually watched it in French. That's how often I was just looking. I like, ah, come on, what is going on now? What is going on? Like, come on. Mm, yeah. I suppose we should tell people what it's about or if they if they haven't seen it or whatever. So Sam, the lead character, his father, it's... It's that thing of like hopping back to the past to see what happened. Then we're back yeah. to the present day. But it's clearly, um, you know, signposted because uh, Asad is a, ch- is a child when this is he's uh, a, yeah, he's is going on. Yeah. So his father is sent to prison from stealing from this wealthy family he works for, the Pellegrinis. And yeah. uh, we don't know whether he's um, being framed or what, or if it's if it's true. I suppose as well, it's important to say it's an adaptation of the books. So, but it does so in a clever way where it takes pieces from them, but creates a unique character in a son. Yeah, but, and, but they're really chuffed with themselves that it's based on the book and they yeah. keep banging on about the book. And... <laughs> The book. Do you know what? <laughs> the book is in, the book um, is in it more than a Sam. Let's be fair. That book is whacked out left, right, and centre, isn't it? It got to a point in the last episode. So there's five episodes in it. They run. They average out at about forty five minutes each. And by the last episode, when he was after taking the book out another time, I was expecting everybody to tell him to fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> like I was going. Are they really going to? a place for like this like they were going to some museum or something I couldn't really because again we were listening to the dubbed versions and some things didn't really make sense to me like some things that they said I was like what is that but as far as I could make it out by the end of it they were heading somewhere on a train and it looked like they were going to some museum got to do with this character in this book that we didn't see the the back of yeah in fact in most scenes where his son Raul is reading the book. It looks like he's just starting it for the first time. Like there's no continuity. He's just opening the first page every time, and this it's over about like a seven week period. It's like you know what it reminds me. It's like me because I am a terrible like I'm terrible at reading books. So like once a year or every six months, when I actually do re- get round to reading a book, I carry it around the house. I'm like I'm, I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm right. reading my book. No TV for me. I'm at the book again. That's like, but like yeah. continuity, like ridiculous stuff going on. Like not to spoil it for anyone. I don't. I think this is okay. But you mm. know, there's a bit where there's a big crash into the Louvre and yeah. like smashed glass, and then he's walking back out the back, and it's completely grand. There's absolutely no clean up on that. Yeah. He spends his whole time just walking around the corner switching his jacket and he's completely grand he manages at one point 
to fake his way into prison because he wants to have a chat with somebody. Like, can you not visit people? Can you not visit people? <laughs> and, get- and then he manages to fake his way back out of the prison. And no, like, no, like, no one no. has any idea that this is going on. He's getting medical treatment in the prison and he's flirting with the nurse and she's loving it for some reason flirting up the storm but at no point does she like check her computer and say sorry what's she say like what is your prisoner name i'm just gonna check your medical file here (laughs) (laughs) do you know what struck me because i started taking notes that was episode three and that's when i started taking notes because i was like right this is getting a bit silly now so that was the prison episode because i was kind of going what what is actually going on here? So on my notes, right? Yeah. I have you'd swear you'd swear Lupin and his prison mate were mates years. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a bit in it where he's like so there's a hint that leads him to a prison and it's like it was the librarian in the prison, but then it transpires that the da only met him twice. One to get a book off him. And when he gave the book back to him, he said, if somebody ever comes looking for this book. And then your man remembered it and kept it in his bits. And then he told Lupin to go and make his wife smile. And he, he Oh, that her, was so like, dodge. And there's something sinister about the, that. Like, go and make me wife smile. Maybe it was the translation, but I was like, that could mean anything. Yeah. Is he giving me, like, permission to go and, like, get into his missus now is that what he's saying like it was just like such a weird thing and I don't know why can't people like just write people letters and post them to the people on the outside they have to just get some randomer to give them uh hidden messages like don't don't tell my son what the dealio is but I'm gonna like hide this letter in a book don't post it to him don't make any effort until he breaks into the prison to have a chat with you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, it, no, it wasn't even that. It was like, they were acting like they knew each other for years, right? And then, when he said, like, make me wife smile, then he snuck into her gaff, like, didn't knock on the, the door saying, hey, yeah, I'm a legitimate person. My husband, your husband sent me. He creeped into her gaff. The cat's not liking it. And he leaves a diamond, which is worth over 10 million probably on a picture frame and I'm looking at this and it looks like something that a child would wear like costume jewellery yeah something like this fucking diamond and I'm going now if I saw that I'd probably throw it in the bin and go oh that's the grandchild's or whatever yeah (laughs) totally like you really need to heads up with something like that if if you're gonna if you're gonna give someone a diamond that's worth that amount of money you probably need to tell them what you're giving them exactly yeah and then I always wondered just this is a side note because obviously it was all left open-ended but you know the whole show is kind of around this the queen's necklace and it was stolen and all of this people are being framed around it or whatever but I don't understand why somebody and obviously there's a black market and stuff I just don't think stealing a diamond worth that amount of money is a good like yeah, you can't just sell that on without raising suspicion. <laughs> but you t- it's a bit obvious. For, no? Like I think if that kind of thing, you've got to be able to like then move that thing out of the country fairly quickly, and you know that it, it you get rid of the trace of it, and you you will find a, a buyer or or something, I suppose, because obviously people do steal these things, 
but you'd have to be like very well connected. Like, I don't think he like he should have gotten rid of it by now. Anyway, instead of like dotting yeah. little bits of it around the city, I like it's just it's it's just totally ridiculous. The whole thing just yeah. loop loop all over the shop, just like. <laughs> I'm constantly just like this thing of like he leaves somewhere and pops the collar up and it's just like this ultra like I'm just ultra cool and like you know with seconds to spare but most of the stuff just seems completely by chance when he takes your man when he kidnaps the head of police guy or whatever that was absolutely Mm. ridiculous and he's talking in the voice you know he has his voice disguised and then like he's been so slick and whatever up until this point and then he's like, my dad. He's like, your dad? My dad. Oh, yeah. my God. It's just, I feel like they were still writing the script on the day a lot of the time. That's exactly what I thought. Because I was like, do you know when he went in, he tried to sneak into the prison. Mm. And he, he, was, he was switching places with our man. It was like they had a plan. And then that didn't really work out. So they said, do you know what? Fuck it. We'll just pan the video or the camera up to his face, make him shake his hands. And then all of a sudden, the handcuffs will be on him instead of the other fella. Like, ridiculous. And then people would believe that. Just like... like... There was so many moments where I was like, that's not... And then I don't know whether you remember, I don't know if it was the fourth episode or the last episode where the drone is going around Pellegrini's house. And it sounds like your dad watching the Formula One on a Sunday morning. The fucking noise of the drone. I have to say, the women in it are quite annoying as well. Unfortunately. Yeah. The, the ex-partner... His relationship with his wife, is, it's very strange, isn't it? Yeah, well, she's she's a melt. Like, she's, she's 100% a melt, okay? <laughs> Let's be fair. But you can tell, obviously, he's just being like one of these types that like turns up three hours late or whatever and yeah that's his dealio um but like there's a lot of heavy flirting between them uh like to an uncomfortable level i would say um Mm -hmm. then the who the pellegrini's uh daughter we get a throwback of her like essentially grooming him as a child it's odd it's all very odd and there's just a lot of, uh, like, smell the fire acting. There's just a lot of smell the fire acting, isn't there? Do you think so? Yeah. Now, I, now, I have to say, I thought for how ridiculous the script was and how silly the storyline and some of the action in it sometimes was, I thought the action was brilliant. Mm. Oh, no, I thought the action was good, but there was just, there was a lot of that, like, staring and nothing like, hmm, kind of faces. Do you think yeah. so? I can't know. I didn't notice that I at all. So. A few things I did learn, though. Yeah. A few things I did learn was that the French Alexa is called Circe. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what they do over there. Hidden cameras are actually huge. <laughs> <laughs> Your man going home and realising that there's hidden cameras everywhere, but they're like big blocky CCTV. Like, you can't miss them. How did he miss them? Yeah, like, what they... Kind of like the ones that they would have started using on, like, um, you know, crime shows on BBC back in the day, where you'd have to, like, wear a top hat and hide it in the top hat. 
They were massive. The size of them. Like, there was one hanging off a court in Poland, and I can only describe it as an industrial estate <laughs> CCTV camp. Like, it was ridiculous. And then I also learned that you can teach a dog to bark every time you say the word Pellegrini. I, do you know what? I? But, but sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes It's only sometimes he doesn't, but most of the time he does. What I would say is, like, when, when it starts... Like, it's actually, it's funny. It's not like from the start of it watching it, you think that it's something, it's going to be something else. Like, that it's going to be... No, you definitely don't think it's going to be good. No, you don't think that it's going (laughs) to be good. And it is funny. But definitely, I think when he met the journalist one, I was, I at that point then, I was starting to just be like... And now what's what's happening now? What's going on? But fairness, I absolutely flew through the five episodes. So did I. And when it ended, obviously it opened, it's very open-ended. They're alluding to a second series and even Netflix have this fancy new graphic now at the end where it says it's official, it's coming soon, like part two or whatever. And I was actually like, do you know what? I will watch season two just because it was cheesy. There was silly bits but I liked it and it was a bit of escapism and your man's not bad. Well, he's quite nice looking, isn't he? He's very easy on the eye, like. Elwin's, oh, well, he's very easy on the eye. I don't mind watching oh, that. Oh, he's very handsome. Yeah, so I think... He's I, very handsome. I think that's it. Uh, this might be a new thing that they're kind of uh, trying out on Netflix and with other shows. This is like the first part. This is five episodes and then it's going to be... I didn't realise that when I was watching it. And then I think th- there's going to be... I don't know, would there be another five episodes? I don't know, because it was weird. Usually on Netflix it says episode or E1 Mm. or S1 as in season one and then whatever episode it is, but this had P1. And then I was like, is it because it's French? And then I was like, no, why? No, it wouldn't be that. I think it's because it's, is it like got to do with the fact that it's based off a book? That that's what it's... Oh, they were doing a chapters. They were doing a chapters, weren't they? yeah. That's what they were doing, yeah, it was like chapters, so I was like, just in case, trying to base it off that? Just in case you had a chance to forget for a second that it was based on a book. <laughs> it was based on We'll call book, the episodes yeah. chapters. Oh, that's good. Write that down, someone, write yeah. that down. And can we just, can we talk about the policeman who basically had it nailed in episode one? He was like, he's also obsessed with Lupin, and he was like... Yeah, this sounds very like a book that I read when I was two. And he says it in like within the first half an hour of the first thing. And he basically has a cracked and nobody has a, a bit of time for no. him. And he's, he's, he's on the case the whole way through. Like he's the only one who knows what he's talking about. And nobody will listen to him. And it's one of those things in shows that infuriates me. But if it wasn't happening, it wouldn't be good. Yeah. Do you remember we were talking about it in episode one when we, it was we were talking about Night Stalker and the they do the sketches of yes. the suspect, and obviously this is a digitalized version. And for some reason, when they're doing all the things of your man, the two cops are looking through the glass at the back of a computer. For some reason, there's there's a montage of a lot of stuff happening, and these two cops are just looking at your man, messing with the eyes on oh, the yeah. like the thing. I was like, what are you standing there for? They're looking at the back of the computer. Anyway, um, this one that nobody is listening to, this cop, literally has him, like, they have his headshot. They have Omar Sy's headshot on the wall and still nobody's listening to him. Oh. And don't get me started on the, the disguise that he used going on that news channel. I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting the brushes off your one and he's like, give me a blending brush, S7. 
Like he's a bleeding beauty blogger. Give me a blender brush E35. Like, and then you see the cut of him after it. Oh my God. It was just horrific, wasn't it? It was like he had Play-Doh on his face. And then he just (laughs) like, the wig and the beard were, it was like something you get like out of the joke shop or something. That's exactly what it was because his eyes are so young that he just doesn't get away with looking like that in the first place. And maybe, I don't know, maybe what was there an element to it that he was after doing it himself. So obviously it's not going to be. But then, but then he walks, he makes then he walks out, out the back, no problem. Turns the jacket inside out yeah. and he's off. Grand. Yeah, pulls off the play doh off his face. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> oh, stop. Okay, well, thank you for listening to this week's Telebox and also a huge thank you to Des for joining us earlier to speak about his love for The Wire. If you have the time, please leave us a review and let us know what you think of Telebox so far. A huge thank you to Just Eat as well, our wonderful sponsors of Telebox. The weather has been shocking all week and apparently it's going to get worse. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cozy up, make a little hot water bottle and I'm going to order a pizza, which is by far my biggest comfort food. What do you always crave when you're looking for a bit TLC? I just feel like a pizza is sound and it's chill. Yeah, uh, for me, it's just cheese. Cheese caused me in yeah. all its various forms. But it, if, if it has cheese, I feel I feel nice inside. Yeah, yeah I, get, I get where you're coming from. I'm relating to you so much tonight, Emma. <laughs> Do yourselves a favour tonight and download the Just Eat app. And choose from hundreds of your favourite local takeaways delivered straight to your door. See you next Sunday and thanks again for listening to Telebox. <laughs>